Welcome to Small Business Big Impact. These are lessons from the trenches of running a business with a multiple bottom line. Purpose, people, planet, and profit. Get the inside scoop on what it takes to succeed at using business as a force for good. Christy O'Leary is a co-founder of Decade Impact, which is a boutique consulting firm that helps businesses measure and improve their social and environmental impact. Her expertise lies in designing impact business models and defining purpose and future actions for businesses that drive positive change. Before co-founding Decade Impact, she worked in various fields related to sustainability and social impact, ranging from impact measurement in the cacao supply chain to campaigning for community investment in wind farms. Christy has been a B Corp power user since 2013 and continues to deepen her dedication to the B Corp movement. Guided by a sobering recognition that we live in times where our choices are shaping whether future generations will have a livable future, Christy has drawn upon allies she found when she moved to Vancouver, B.C. from Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. That and her own pig-headed stubbornness has helped her claim her calling to play a significant role in supporting the sustainability revolution. Listen to Christy's story and discover how your epic failures can be super valuable and can transform into your greatest strengths, especially when you're committed to getting back in the game. Getting back in the game. Mm. There's a whole story there. And I'm wondering if you can recall a vivid moment in time that encapsulates the learning that you got from that, that piece. From my epic failure? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I had an epic failure. I've had a few, actually. You know, all of them, maybe not equally valuable, but incredibly valuable. Um, I think, you know, my big epic failure, I had a, I had a, started a impact consulting firm in 2013. I left my work in advertising and communications. I became very interested in designing within businesses before things were baked. Um, people would come to us with a cake and say, put some icing on it and help people eat it. And that was, you know, really interesting work. And I learned so much. But fundamentally, once I started looking at the solutions that were offered to the market, you know, I realized I could create so much more value if I'm, I'm earlier in the design process. If I'm in boardrooms with teams, really thinking about what is the future of this business? What are the opportunities? Where are all the potential opportunities and touch points for us to create uh, impact beyond profit or alignment with, with aligning purpose with profit. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of was the initial idea um, behind, you know, my career change in, in 2013. Um, and I quickly uh, started a consulting firm and, you know, it didn't take too long before I realized I may have made a very big mistake. Uh, it was really, really hard to sell this work. It was really hard to not convince. Uh, the business case wasn't clear yet. You know, the spiritual business case was there. And I got a lot of pats on the head and people saying, oh, you know, I'm inspired by your mission. And this is so great, but this is just not what we need right now. Uh, we need more profitability. And and one of the big challenges there is that for so long, sustainability, impact, ESG, whatever you want to call it, because the language is very foggy around it still, they believed it was a, a cost center in their business. 
this is going to cost us money. It's going to slow us down. Our customers aren't interested. This is a bunch of voluntary spending we don't need to do. And so, you know, it's taken a long time for those sentiments to change and for companies to realize that these are revenue centers. Impact and sustainability within companies is a revenue center. This is going to drive sales. It's going to drive performance. It's going to drive R&D. So, so I got in the game very early and did have a, a colossal failure in uh, 2016. Full on kamikaze kind of moment. Um, well, yeah. Well, bring me bring me to that uh, to a, a moment like a, a day when you recognize that you're sitting in the wreckage. What the heck happened here? Well, I realized that things were not going to work out in late 2015, and started making adjustments. So started working to insulate the people I was working with. I had convinced them to get on the plane or join the team, get in the game with me. Um, and so definitely wanted to take responsibility. You know, I think that's what leadership is, is, you know, doing the, doing the best you can by those people that, that, that join your team. And so really working to insulate other folks and kind of offboard the best I could, but the day, oh, it was a, a series of days. The most important thing for me about that time was that I had to kind of reckon with the idea that I couldn't do anything else. That I could have, I could have gone into sales for some company. I could have, I could have done a lot of things. Like I have transferable skills, but. I felt that I wouldn't be happy working in any other space. It's like your heart wouldn't let you. Yeah. I was just intellectually and spiritually was like, there's, there's no other option. Like this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is, this is the way I'm going to move forward. And so, you know, I found that forward path and it took a while, but you know, it was a, a real sincere belief that I didn't want to just get some job making a, big paycheck in some other industry because it's like a golden cage, right? You get comfortable. And I thought, okay, I'm going to sit in the discomfort and just like, accept that this right now is going to be uncomfortable because I don't want to build expertise anywhere where I'm not happy. I think a really great piece of advice someone gave me years ago was never, ever get good at anything you don't love. And so I really took that to heart. I didn't want to go and get good at other things and be distracted from the mission. So was there was there a, a day that you woke up and you know you looked at the clock or you look out the window and you went, oh, plan A is done. Mm -hmm. And now what? Oh, well, I think, you know, honestly, vulnerability here, you know, I think that day was the day that uh, I don't know, it was probably March, sometime in March 2016. And I called my best friend and I was talking to her. And then she just came and got me, you know, took me to her place and said, okay, now you're going to watch my kid for the next two months. And you have to think about something other than this and, and pull it together. That was very useful experience for. Cause it sounds like that was a really, that was a really dark time. Oh, it was the worst. Your heart was in it and it got crushed. Yeah. Because, you know, it's easy to feel crazy if you, 
you know, I really felt like I could see this thing coming. Like, this is a revolution. You know, I'm in exactly the right place. Like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but nothing is working. And, that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, it, it was yucky. I'll put it that way. It was a, t- it was a technical <laughs> term. It was very yucky. Um, but, you know, I just kind of pulled it together and decided, okay, well, if I'm not going to own my own business and I can't, you know, communicate the value of this work where I am, when I am, then I'm going to, then that's when I relocated to Vancouver um, from Halifax, from, from Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, and, and really started to, to kind of rebuild um, and rethink. And, you know, over a few years, got really lucky to work with lots of amazing people that were really supportive and helped kind of rebuild, um, saw the value in, in what I was trying to do. And then, you know, in who were those, who were those folks? I mean, I was curious about like, these are resources that are out in the community. Well, I would say, you know, one of those people is, um, you know, Carla Heim of the BDC. She's been a huge supporter of growth of the B Corp movement and, you know, women in business and just a champion for women generally. Um, you know, felt very, very supported by Carla and the BDC. Um, my business partner, Brianna Brown, who I met in 2018, uh, continue, continue to feel supported by her and all her, her brilliance. Um, yeah, there were, there were a, a bunch of folks that, that <clears throat> were very, um, helpful. And I think it's kind of the right place at the right time you know, putting myself in a bunch of different situations, um, really got to work on some exciting projects that were in the impact space, but not necessarily, um, I worked in, uh, with Emily Stone of Uncommon Cacao in Guatemala, looking at the impact of her B Corp certified cacao, uh, brokerage and, meeting, you know, Mayan farmers in their communities and, you know, discussing, you know, what's the, you know, really seeing the the difference between an ethical supply chain and a conventional supply chain and really seeing the, the, the social impact at source in communities was really powerful. So of course, like, you know, I created a lot of those opportunities myself because, you know, you keep, you know, I kept going. What's the, what did I say that the the Wayne Gretzky quote you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, for yeah, anyone yeah. that loves The Office, um, you know. And so I just kept I just kept beating that drum, and I think that I think that that often sets sets people apart. Not in uh, not that I'm smarter or faster or 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 better at my job. I'm just really stubborn, and so I think a common character trait with entrepreneurs, especially I will say entrepreneurs in the impact space is like a stubborn stubbornness or a, um, a pigheadedness, I guess, when it comes to not wanting to compromise and, and believing that there's a deeper value beyond profit. That's, that's kind of at the core of impact. I mean, if you go, if you're deeply in the impact space, it's mm-hmm. like you're there for a reason and money is yeah. a way to, will help you, right? 
Yeah. And I think, you know, this is like, this is, you know, I'm just a consultant doing the work that I do and being stubborn about that. It's an exciting time to be an entrepreneur, but I think it's just an exciting time to kind of be on planet earth. Like there's not a lot of generations of people that can say that they could shape whether or not there's a livable future. And that's dark, but kind of beautiful that we get to be here for it. There's a lot of crazy. There's so much happening. Going and so on all at once, you know, we think, yeah. of, you know, we think about the gold rush or the railroad or the, you know, dot com, like all of this work in social impact. This is, these are no regret solutions. Like there's, there's just kind of doing this work. I think ultimately there's not, that's not really a downside. Um, certainly not for stakeholders and communities and the environment. Like there's, there's no downside. The only downside is when, if we, if we don't, if we don't move quickly enough. What I see is what you're looking at, like the lens that you're using to identify whether something is worthwhile. Because some, in some cases, there's, there's this question of like, oh, well, are there the margins there? Is there, is the profitability there? And that's, not what I heard you say. I mean, not to say that it's not there, but yeah, that's not what I heard you say. I think that or talk about. And I guess to me, that's a foundational piece. It goes without saying that creating impact in your business is a strategy that's going to help you future proof and remain relevant in the market over time. And of course, you know, we we only at decade we only work with for profit businesses, and so we believe in you know the power of business uh, to leave the world better. You know, I think that so much of this kind of work within companies, um, the, the, the script really flipped in 2020. And so it's no longer, we're no longer like, I'm no longer getting patted on the head and people telling me, isn't that so nice that you want to save the world? Um, now people were, I'm having very different kinds of interactions with people because you know, the writing on the wall, it's there. And, and this is an absolute necessity. So it really changes you know, the nature of my work. And, and of course, maybe that's the people we surround ourselves with uh, at Decade. It certainly has made the work more fun and really exciting. And I think that, you know, one other element that's important is when you're failing, it feels like you're dying. It feels like you can never show your face again. Like there's all these, these thoughts, um, you know, Brene Brown calls it, you know, get in the arena. You know, when you're in the arena and you fail and you're kind of cut down by whatever your own mistakes or the market or other folks or whatever happens, it can feel like it's the end of the world. But, you know, once you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and, and you have time, you know, some time to kind of heal, it really becomes, it sort of becomes a, uh, the get out of jail card, I think. You know, my failure now is completely different. It is perceived absolutely it's night and day compared to what i thought it how i thought it would be perceived when i was in that moment you know now at this point it's like that failure is uh it's like i got my wings you know like i got my my membership card <laughs> in a way your credibility your your absolutely. expression and of your the, courage you know, and your dedication my dad always called it grit or stick to itness yeah so i think i think that when you're in the moment and you're failing it's horrible but on the other side if you can use it as a learning experience, it can become, you know, it can really catapult your future opportunities um, and really accelerate success in the long run. And so how would you say that your, what you've gained from 
make jumping back in the game yourself how does that help you in how you serve your clients because that you know you and, and your, your team at decade you big mm. piece of what you do is b corp certification equipping them for dealing with today's sure. world so i think a few things there i i met the b corp certification in 2011 2012 um and immediately saw the value um in those early days it, it looked like really bad 90s bank software um it was kind of a it was a beautiful mess um but it was much like oh, i can't explain it it was like um i had all these ideas and feelings and kind of gut feelings about what was possible but i didn't have a blueprint for for how to achieve the results i wanted with companies and so that tool, the framework itself, really getting to understand it was a game changer, complete game changer. It changes how I see most things. And so, so there's the, the tool element and the system, the process piece that's really useful. Okay, so there's a blueprint here, but then there's the community aspect. And, you know, I think it's Seth Godin that talks about like finding your tribe, um, finding those people that that believe the same thing you believe and you can kind of convene with. And uh, one of our first conversations, you talked about SVI. That's one of those communities, which is super important. So I think, you know, getting back in the game was, yeah, I got back in the game, but B Corp has been this, this kind of um, anchor. anchor. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been an anchor that has really allowed me to put um, structure around the work I do and build community around the, the work I do or be a part of a community that are all kind of focused on moving in the same direction. Yeah, it's one of the things that really touched me about being in, uh, being in an SPI event is that sense of like we're here together for a larger purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I like that. And it's so true. I feel it all the time. And I often feel like, you know, I'm incredibly lucky that I get to bring that to folks within companies. Uh, most of our work, you know, the vast majority of our work at Decade is is spent, you know, collaborating with a number of people within a company. We're not really like report writers that something ends up on one person's desk. Our work is really centered on teaming and a collaborative approach internally. So I get to introduce, we've, we've introduced hundreds of people to, to um, B Corp as a tool and a social movement and a certification. And, you know, that has been, it's, it's delightful. But I think if we, if we kind of pull back from B Corp, you know, and of course we use it every day. Uh, it's a, it's just a part of my daily life at this point, but if we get into, you know, failure and and getting back up and getting back in the game. I think that there's sort of an opportunity for a collective awakening of sorts. We're all playing the game every day. We just in in terms of capitalism, we just don't necessarily see it that way. Like you got to take the kids to hockey or you got to, you know, you're working your second job or, you know, you're somebody's, you know, your dog is sick and and people have all of these not they're not distractions they're important 
we don't often have the opportunity to sit back and really look at what the game is right now. We're all playing our individual down on the ground close to the present everyday life game. But in terms of the game, the big game is, you know, climate crisis, social inequity. I have, David Suzuki said, you know, we're, we're sitting on a train hurtling 100 miles an hour at a brick wall and we're arguing about where to sit. And so if we kind of pull back and look at the reality is this really is the last decade to actually shape a better world. And, and that's kind of dark, but it's also it's clear, kind of beautiful. Clear incentive, and clear opportunity to act. And we're all playing the game. We're all in it. We're all doing it every day. I think with our work at Decade, we allow people to understand, you know, a CEO to a janitor. We allow you to understand, create a vision for what the future can look like if we all do our part. And then align our, our daily activities and create that through line between what I do every day and what I want to see. And, you know, we hear all the time, you know, be the change you want to you wanna see in the world. Well, what if you can't even see the big picture? Or what if you can't see past the challenges in your own life? Like there has to be some way um, to invite people to play in a more meaningful, intentional way. And so I would like to think that a decade we are, you know, we're not going to help every company in the world. We're a boutique consulting firm. But if we can just help the folks we can help to see their place and the opportunities that that are right there for them, that is a that's a you know, that's that's kind of a, like a mm. that's the good life mm -hmm. for me anyway. Well, unless that sounds like it's it, you're helping them recognize the game they're in and understand how they can how they can play a positive role or how they can play the role that they want to play. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, and this is the thing, we're all having impact, whether, whether it's positive or negative, there's no neutral act, you know, capitalism is designed that there's not really a neutral act. So with awareness, you can start to intentionally consider those actions and, and they become so much more meaningful. And I think, you know, in a crazy, busy, complicated, kind of sad world, there's a lot of sad things happening. You know, people deserve the opportunity to see how their little actions uh, can leave something better than they found it. That's really the whole point, is it not? That's, you know, to allow everyone to feel a connection to something greater and, and a connection to a future that's positive. And mm -hmm. um, there are so many challenges going on, uh, you know, happening at a global scale and every, le every level down mm. to, you know, dealing with your friends and family and <laughs> your, your, you know, the line at the bank and wherever it is you are, there's all these layers of things. And we can, as Absolutely. human beings, we can only handle like a couple at a time. That's it. We can only handle a couple at a time. And so how do we make those everyday actions? I think now it's like really thinking about the work we're doing. You know, one of my favorite clients is uh, Ocean Brands. They're a Richmond-based company, part of the Patterson group. And they sell, you know, they sell, they're in the food business and they sell a lot of fish in cans. And I think, you know, sometimes within the social change world, there's some blatant kind of classism. Like there's like, not everybody can afford to pay $10 for a chocolate bar um, that's ethically sourced, fair trade, certified, direct trade, 
you know, whatever, you know, um, carbon neutral or positive, you know, all of these different pieces of, of kind of how impact shows up in companies. Not everybody can afford that. But one of the things I love about Ocean Brands is that like their product is less than, you know, $4 in a grocery store alongside all kinds of similar products that do not have nearly as much impact. I think that's really interesting when we start, like when for our team, we start to work at the level where we're creating more access to, to these impactful products and services. We, everyone deserves a purpose beyond being a consumer. What? There's something else beyond being a consumer? Right. <laughs> right? Even citizenship is, is kind of yeah. Yeah. under threat. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time in our work talking about delight that, you know, in a complicated world with a lot of, it's just endless challenges. Um, if we can help people experience delight uh, in, in, you know, dreaming about a world made better and then aligning that with the work that they do and creating measurable progress towards those goals, that, that is delight. And I think uh, a Timothy Morton um, is someone that I love, a philosopher, um, and, and, you know, solar, uh, what do you call it? The solar powered disco ball that, you know, if your disco ball is solar powered, you can kind of dance into the apocalypse and know you did the work because ultimately it's dark out there, but we still have to have really meaningful lives, right? Like there's no point in, in, and I know a lot of people have climate anxiety and climate grief right now. And I totally get that. Like I don't experience those emotions. That's not a part of my personality, but I get that so many people are there. And like you said, young people, like they don't have a guaranteed future. So, you know, how do we help people kind of solar power their lives, you know, through their buying habits, through their employment, you know, through, you know, their communities and, and, and families. And so solar power it, and then everybody can, we can keep the party going. Well, I know myself that, that the, for me, the remedy to that, that anxiety is to be actively putting my energy towards trying to help lift up those that are lifting up the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm a professional cheerleader. You know, I'm a professional cheerleader and like devil on their shoulder. And I'm like, guess what? You could do that. And that might be a little bit good. Or you could just go for it. Like imagine what going for it is going to feel like. And uh, it's pretty exciting when, when folks... You see that look on their face and they're like, whoa, you see that I'm about to go for it face. And that is the best part of my job. And then you got to implement and that's all hard to, um, but you're never going to get to implementation without that, that stroke of excitement and joy and a little bit, like a little bit of like, fuck that. I can go for it energy. Like, I'm not going to. I'm going to, I'm going to get in the game. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and like watch other people be heroes and love them. And, you know, that don't wait for anybody to be your hero. 
That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to score the yeah. winning goal. Well, I I yeah. really appreciate you taking me on this journey of how you see the, the ways in which you help others get back in the game, you know, from the benefit of you having done it yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm very lucky though. Super lucky. Get to work with great people. Get to see those go for it faces. Um, yeah. Most of the time I feel like I'm the flower delivery lady. Nobody's ever sad when somebody yeah. sends them flowers. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you've created a business that's a force for good and you'd like to share your story of challenge and success, go to questio.us slash podcast and click on the share my story button.